0: Hi, and happy National Poetry Month. This is Michelle Greco for Roaring Out, episode 24. Thanks so much for joining me. As I mentioned in a couple of the previous episodes, I will be breaking from my usual every other week podcast to every week. As some of you may know, I am a poet. I do have a book of poems out called Field Guide to Fire. I'll include a link to that in the show notes if you're interested in checking it out. And my master's is in poetry. So this month is really special and very important to me. So I figured I would do something special. So what I'll be doing for the whole month of April is every Friday, as opposed to every other Friday, I will be sharing one of my favorite poems um, by reading it and also giving a few comments on it. So hopefully by me sharing my love of poetry, um, If you are into poetry or if you're not, hopefully you'll find a couple of new poets to look into and maybe even have an interest in. So off we go. This first poet that I'm going to introduce to you today is John Murillo. He is a Spanish poet. I first found out about him in my last semester of my master's program and since then i've actually had the pleasure of meeting him he's a very very sweet man and as you'll see from the poem that i am going to share with you he's also um he's also very very talented so because he's a spanish poet um he does intersperse some spanish a lot of times into his poems the one Spanish phrase in this poem is sin vergüenza which literally translated is without shame. Um often if someone is called this sin vergüenza it's it's usually not good. It's usually someone who is not educated or in you know American terms is someone like without a filter, right? Without inhibitions. But this one in in the particular case that Murillo is talking about here, it's really more someone who is without shame because she is around someone she's comfortable with. So I will read this poem. It's um, it's three pages, so it's a little bit longer, but they, they are small pages. So thanks for hanging with me. And here goes the poem. Sin vergüenza para Valeria The years spread between us like the black between stars. My cousin and me in a Chicago bar, meeting for the first time in 15 years. Business travel doing the work blood hasn't been able to. Though she doesn't believe me when I tell her, she looks the same now as she did as a teen. She tugs at my graying beard, rubs my bald head, says I've gotten old. When she was a toddler, I fed my cousin fish sticks. French fries, red Kool-Aid with too much sugar. I would read to her from oversized picture books, stories where the pretty princess always endured the witch, children escaped, the line between good and wicked, straight as a wand. Now I buy her booze, lots of it. We start a tab, grab a corner table, realize we now have between us one dead grandfather, Two dead fathers, cancer claiming one, cirrhosis the other, alcoholics both. Two bruised mothers who no longer speak, and for each of us, a fistful of missteps and missed steps. We sit and drink, sin vergüenza, without shame, showing each other scars, some fresh, some familiar, every one our own. If we were a storybook, I would read us aloud, let the world wonder how it is in these stories that damsels become dragons, apples swallow villages, and kings sprout horns. I would read us loudly, sin vergüenza, because shame is a luxury lost on the wretched, battle-weary dragon-slayers, knights who know to count each survival every arrow that pierced and poisoned but did not kill, all the falls, the hatchets and the hexes, count survivals and call them blessings. Cousin, though you have been damsel, tonight you too are dragon, relentless fire, insistent breath, bidding me, remember, remember, remember. Sinvergüenza, You tell me what you remember of the houses where you nightmared, the midnight scent of honeysuckle, baby powder, blood. You tell me without shame, and I am almost ashamed, to tell you how fifteen years ago I ran away to find my own dragons, castles, a damsel needing rescue. How it has taken me each season and every mile walked to arrive at this table here tonight. To drink from this very glass, to learn, after all, that my castle was fantasy, damsel memory, and dragon was a place called home. We touch glasses and you tell me in other tongues ways you've learned to say salute, But for the shaken ice, the clinking rims sound like the storybook signal to turn the page. I tell this story, sin vergüenza. Me and my baby cousin in a Bucktown bar, throwing back glasses of Grey Goose, Hennessy, Bacardi. We drop quarters into the slots of a pool table, snatch cues off the rack like battle axes. We laugh at the aches our bodies have become. Girl cousins circling the table on a bum left foot. Boy cousins crackling scapula, bones creaking across the green. It's nearly three o'clock in the morning, which is to say, the place is empty, except for some locals chatting up the bartender, the anchor man on TV mouthing wars and wars to come. Outside, the leaves curl into themselves like the old man sleeping in the door jamb. An overcoat wrapping him against the wind Because, after all, it is October And this is Chicago We are far past drunk Family circling the table, each other Someone's stolen the triangle So we gather stripes, solids, by hand One of us watching While the other one breaks Man, there's just there's so much in this poem, but perhaps the first reason I really first fell in love with this poem is, as a kid, you know, we're all familiar with fairy tales um, and tall tales. Those are the things that our parents or grandparents or guardians tell us to give us hope, to stir our imagination. but as adults, we're not really supposed to continue believing in them. One reason being, um, as it says in the poem, that the line between good and wicked straight is a wand. And it is. In those tales, it's very easy to tell who's the villain and who's the good guy or the good girl. But as we get older, the line between good and evil blurs. And as we get older, we find this is so because everyone has the capacity to do good and to do bad. And many times the same, you know, one person will do both great good and terrible. Um, and, And it really is what you choose. One of perhaps my favorite lines is when John Murillo says, cousin, though you have been damsel tonight, you too are dragon. I love that so much because it, It almost empowers the female cousin, I think, even though dragons are often seen as wicked or villain, right? We have the female cousin here as damsel, which is usually very feminine, but also very helpless. And then the dragon, which is very tough, but also wicked in many ways. And so I I love the fact that Murillo here has blurred the line between good and evil so that it's it's very gray, right? You know, showing that most people are somewhere in between because they hold such extremes. It reminds me of Walt Whitman's line in Leaves of Grass where he says, uh, I contain multitudes or we contain multitudes. Um, I'm not sure of the exact line, but it, you know, it hints or, or rather says that we all contain multitudes. We contain good, bad Stuff in between. And that's not necessarily a terrible thing. It does just make identity or life in a lot of ways more complex, which, again, is not necessarily a bad thing. The two last things that I have to say I love about this poem is Murillo's repetition of the phrase sin vergüenza, without shame, And all of the things he says he's doing without shame, telling this story, writing this poem, um, being drunk, a lot of these things would be seen as shameful, aging, right? As one theme of the poem is sometimes seen as shameful, and certainly in America, eternal beauty is prized, but of course, that's something that cannot be attained. And so himself and his female cousin are owning their aging, which... uh, to me, I think is something beautiful. And the last thing I want to talk about with this poem is that last line, one of us watching while the other one breaks. Of course, Murillo here literally is talking about breaking the pool balls, right, with the cue ball. But when you're talking to someone who is blood, someone that you care about, someone you love, and you talk about your shared history, Certain, certainly there will be emotional breaks. And I love how Murillo toes that line and gives us that insight without, without becoming sentimental. I, I think that's smart, and it's so masterful, too. You know, it, it shows that he really knows his craft. Fun fact about this book, I mentioned earlier that I was assigned it in my last semester of graduate school. And this is probably one of the few poetry books I have read in one sitting. I just, once I started, I could not stop. It just kept going. And I was so interested in knowing more really about this person and his history. Um, I also love the fact that quite a few of his poems like this one where he says para Valeria, which is, you know, for Valerie in English. A lot of them are for other people in his life. And I, I love that. You know, it's something that I do in my own poetry. And so I get really excited when I see others do it as well to to get a glimpse really into their real lives. So that's it for today's Uh, installment of Roaring Out. And I really hope you have enjoyed this poem. And I certainly hope you enjoy the other poems that I have to share with you each week in April. Thanks so much for joining me and I'll see y'all next week.